0: So learning to linger and uh, listen through the chitta listen with awareness listen through the heart listen with the body this is our opportunity for retreat when we don't have kind of uh, you know phones ringing and it's fairly steady, a routine, and routine is helpful for that because things operate in a particular, you know, focused, uniform way for everyone. Mm-hmm. We know what we're doing, and then you can just kind of relax into those forms. It takes a little while to get used to them. Then you go, you adapt, you relax into it, and absorb the simplicity absorb the sign of simplicity absorb the sign of quiet there's not much to talk about have to figure out yeah, absorbing these signs Yeah, so they're there though we don't necessarily notice them because we tend to be focused on you know, phenomena in other ways, whether the what so and so is doing or the cat's up to or <laughs> you know, all the things that catch the mind, take it external into speculation or comparison and so forth, external direction, going out. But then you can even contemplate the external world internally. Like, oh this is the Sangha. This is you know a place of Dhamma. And uh new skillful absorption, take it in, settle into it. So it's certainly been um, noticeable how the Buddhist community in general has Made use of this pandemic situation. Obviously, it's problematic, confusing, upsetting, jarring, okay. Focus on this allows us to be more contained. Oh, yeah. This allows us, in fact, it encourages us to, to do online teaching, <laughs> to reach out more. Because naturally, these are your Buddhist communities, our people, our family, our friends. They can't come in and you think, hmm, okay, I guess we go out. Once you hold the frame of reference, then you turn the situation around in accordance with the skillful sign of community, friendship, mutual support, that's the sign you bear in mind, and you then turn the external situation around to fit in. <laughs> you know, of course, you could look at it. Oh, disease! You know, people dying. These are true too. But when you absorb into that. What do you get? Agitation, sorrow, distress. It's true, and yet it's not the sign you really want to linger on. Linger on. Okay, right. How do we work with this? You know, spirit of friendship and uh, offering support. And then you find ways. And, uh, you know, none of us in this monastery particularly tech savvy, but we learnt it <laughs> over time. That's so what you have to do because we hold that sign. Fully and dearly, as part of what we're about. and as an open situation sustain itself in a closed environment? Well, this is how. So you take the internal sign, skillful, absorb into it, and then you get wise results of how to operate. And this is an example of Dhamma practice, skillful cultivation skillful absorption and the wisdom that arises from it so it's been pretty impressive really over this year and a half the continual support from our friends living all over the country and all over the world and uh, the kind of head scratching and manual thumbing and internet, surveying to try to get this online thing going they're moving that away uh, it's gladdening noble effort very gladdening and so now we have this retreat session again just appreciating, feel very gladdened by it the, uh, the cooperation, the efforts that are going on you know, everybody yeah, but it's kind of figuring things out, dealing with business, secretary, and, and everybody helping out, and uh, from this internal quality of samaghi harmony and what it's for the welfare of all, if it means I have to look, look you know, look at a manual, or figure things out, or wash up, or whatever, doesn't matter because the sign I'm carrying is a sign of harmony, cooperation, right effort then you absorb into that, you're gladdened by it this is the way you turn the world around rather than get turned around by it Hmm. choose the sign Nimita. defining mark this is important, this is how you get gladdened. Mm. And this gladness, pamoja, is one of the first um, aspects of citta that arise in it properly establish itself in the field of Dhamma. And it's associated with freedom from regret, remorse, agitation, worry. You know, mind is gladdened, doing the right thing. And it's important to acknowledge that it's not just a personal praise so much as because he's a, we all do that, you know, when we're in line with it. I mean, yeah, so and so can do it because she's got this skill and he can do it, he's got that skill, but we all incline towards, you know, supporting, encouraging. Serving, uh, letting go of our own angles on things, and, and this becomes a universal quality. You have mudita, gladness, and a more appreciation for that. This is pamoja, All the words are linked: pamoja, mudita, and a more than the same root word. And all oh, is already touched. And say with this, you get that the mind stops getting so fretful, nervous, neurotic, obsessive. When it's like that, your nervous system starts to cool down. It's settled. Body gets feel happy, complete, the mind gets happy. Mind is happy in this way, in this internal way. It settles samadhiati. This is settled, composed. When it's settled and composed, you begin to see things clearly, the right view, right perspective. Where the distortions are, where the true values are, where your happiness really lies, where you throw yourself away, into this and that and this and that, squandering your treasures, on pointless, frustrating obsessions. you see it, you really see it and you know you have an alternative, you stop doing it. Stop finding fault, stop quarrelling with yourself, stop its internal tribunals. Throw your heart away into the silly obsessions, settle into the goodness, drink it in. This is skillful absorption, jhana process. And this word itself is kind of controversial in some respects because it's a big, um, well a major thing is a different way the term is explained in the suttas, in the commentaries. The commentaries refer to jhāna or a disembodied experience, where you focus on a particular image with your eye. And you have to focus pretty hard till you get a kind of subtle visual sign appears in your mind and you focus on that. So you go out of your body into a derived mental sign. There's no mention of that in the suttas. As soon as the child is embodied, you feel it in your body, you don't scrunch up to some particular point. So this quality in you know, the Commentary is called a nimitta, which is derived mental sign. But in the sutras, nimitta means characteristic, like a, a seam boundary is a nimitta. Um, greed is a nimitta. And mindfulness is called a nimitta of samadhi. It means it's a defining characteristic. It's a very broad term, and the general tendency over the years, thousands of years or so, is to is to take what was fairly colloquial and broad and make it technical and refined. And you see it's very obvious with the different descriptions of jhana. When the Buddhist, Svita so, Jhana is an embodied state. You're in your body, you're feeling your entire body. You know? And the nimitta arises as one, well, the quality of ease. Not some Visual sign, you may get visual signs, but the main thing to focus on is you feel at ease. Comfortable. That's a sign. It means, right, you're on track, you're settled, your mind isn't jumping out. That's the defining characteristic. It's at ease and you absorb into that quality of ease because it's arrived skillfully through Sense restraint through allaying ill will, grudges, dullness, restlessness, craving, you know the hindrances. Therefore one's mind is settled in itself. Not once a particular point. Anywhere but settled in itself it is settled, samadiati, and therefore there's absorbing into that quality. Rather like Mudita, it has a refreshing aspect. When you have Mudita, Promojana and modana, that experience your heart is brightened and the inconveniences don't matter, you don't notice those, the little flaws and failings and sidetrack, you don't bother with that, you focus on the main spirit of what you're doing derive pleasure from it, settle into it and the Buddha says you should do this yeah. And so then when you're doing your meditation, embodied meditation, do the same thing. You know, focus not on some particular point in the body, but the entire body. And so your attention isn't narrowed, it's actually broadened. Right? To to experience your entire body's a broad focus. Is very receptive because in that kind of broad attention, your receptivity is increased because you can't get the same detail as you can when you're focusing on a point. So you're just receptive to the whole thing, and when you experience the whole thing as an entirety, then the particular localized experiences, which are sensations, when my knee feels nothing whatsoever. Like my cheek. Yeah. My fingers don't feel anything like my ears, they're completely different sensation wise. Right? Sensation is a localized experience. If the whole thing is the entirety, you know, it all feels kind of warm. Yeah. It feels kind of sort of solid. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It feels like there's, there's this subtle movement of breathing in and breathing out flowing through that. Yep. It feels kind of settled. Yep. It feels kind of calm. Yep. Got it? It's time to relax. Yep. That's it. Ah. Feels relief. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Feels refreshed. Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's called piti Feel really comfortable. That's called ease. That's what you focus on. It's not in your ears or your fingers or your knees or your. Doing that. (laughs) Because that's all going out, isn't it? That's to the, we call the external body, the body you see around you, this visual form, the way we can think about points in our body, the focus of the external senses. You go in. Oh, yeah. The whole thing is just this kind of warm, sentient, sensate blob. <laughs> Which ties up a lot of issues about your personal appearance, you know <laughs> doesn't really matter anymore. Warm sensate that's useful, isn't it? Because you don't have to fret about the you know, state of your physique or your age. You don't have to worry about it, concern yourself with it don't get the social anxiety and you're not always worrying about that twinge in your leg because when you really absorb into the rhythm of the breathing your mind withdraws from that It's just somewhere out there, you're not really assailed by it
1: this is very helpful
0: for managing the experience of physical discomfort Because you're withdrawing from it, not kind of tensing up against it, you're just withdrawing your attention from the feeling born of sensation into the feelings born of internal somatic presence. Mm. Mm. And breathing in breathing out. Notice there's no mention of sensations. In the sutta nose nose tip no nope. abdomen nope sensations nope mm. counting the breath no nope. one breath at a time nope breath no nope. <laughs> breathing. Right. So this way our thinking mind is to cut that process into one breath and the next the breath. actually we experience that there isn't really a cut. It just softens and changes into an open pause state, which then changes into another movement. Mm-hmm. Breathing in, breathing out. And they run together. Mm-hmm different phases of energy and that's internal mm. that's kind of where we find well the signs that derive from that they are capable of bringing one some ease and unity because there's nowhere else to go that covers it all entire body Which you can experience directly. That's what we encourage. This may be the first retreat, certainly I've ever been on, we've actually contemplated the breathing externally because of the COVID thing. So we walk around wearing masks because we're aware of breathing in and out externally as something that goes out into the air around us Right So we're kind of not chanting indoors and things like that, keeping the windows open sitting at distance, because we're aware of the breathing as an external phenomenon something that happens affects the world around us You can see that perhaps you can get a skillful sign from that the sense that we are all there's no division we're all breathing the same air so who's this? Where's this me and mine? go around that. Is it my hair? <laughs> but probably it's, you know, the sign from that is going to be associated with worry. So we just okay, bearing that in mind, we set up a situation, takes care of that, and then internally. How is it? Pick up the sign. So this kind of nimitta which is the way it's used in the suttas is useful because it, it gets the point of what's happening for you yeah. Characteristically when we're the mind is going out to the senses we see this object and that object is a spade, a computer, a car, a tree, a person, the rain, a cat, the birds, so on, it's kind of scattered into very diverse elements. So the mind can like this one, worry about that one, look at that one, admire that, and so forth, different kind of mental activities occur. But if you step back a little more further from it, Oh, this is a jittery everything's working fine. Oh, then you get a skillful sign. You see what I mean? What unifies into something you feel pleased by? You don't deal with going to the particular characteristics that set things apart Instead, you go into the characteristic that unifies everything
1: in a way that is
0: gladdening. Now, this is Chittor's Buddhist monastery, given to us, cared for over forty years or so. How beautiful! All flourishing, all natural things doing what they do, and wonderful, and gladdened. I'm part of this. I'm in this. And you see, you know, a sign doesn't have to be some kind of tiny little point of light. It can be something derived from summarizing the meaning of an experience. This is called emptying. Empty out the diversity. The way we can see things as diverse and an to the unity. Everything from the cart to the trees to the rain to the soil to the kitchen is Jitriveka or Dana ah. that empties the diversity, brings about the unity one's heart settles into that. All this is worth given to be cultivated, to be used skillfully, support. Yeah. Skillful dhammas arise. You absorb into that. That's called skillful absorption. And this word, jhana absorption, as I said, is used in different ways in the scriptures, it's in the commentaries. It is rather unusual if you've kind of got it from the commentary point of view, where it's quite hypnagogic and you look in the suit as it says if you cultivate metta for the duration of one finger snap this is jhana what? what does that mean? figure it out, the quality, get the quality, enter into it deeply, abandon everything else, there it is, developing like that. Look for the unifying sign of goodwill, whether it's spread over the entire meditation hall, whether it's spread throughout your inner world of your friends and family, whether it's just relating to your own stuff, (laughs) absorb into that quality of goodwill. This is skillful absorption. Because it discards unhelpful worry, fear, ill-will, hindrances, then you should do this because the mind does it anyway. The nature of jitta is absorptive. We do learn a language. We learn how to speak a language. That's because we absorb meanings. We don't how to type. We don't how to drive a car, cook food. We don't know how to train ourselves, behaviors. We absorb all of it. It's not some weird, esoteric, mystical thing, it's just a natural feature of mind. But in skillful cultivation you're steering that towards... right? Steering that towards internal qualities of contentment practice and breathing in breathing out given involuntary unforced experience and when you read about jhana from the from a material point of view it requires quite a lot of effort because of course it does. If you try to take a get a limiter from your eyes, you have to put a pretty lot of willpower into doing that. Trying to get a, a visual sign to stick in your in your mind that you created through kind of semi-hypnotic that requires a great deal of effort. But From the body's point of view, you don't need much effort to get a a sign You see your friend walk through the door you immediately get it, friend, warm the sign of friendship arises pretty much instinctively through the eye even for the body The other year, I was in um, New Hampshire. I was walking through the forest. I saw this thing in the grass. It like a snake. It's a thick body. Well, what kind of snake that is? Can't. It's got a. Got pattern on it in a while. Can't see it. exactly. Dark looking. Exactly. It's poisonous or what it is? It was only a you know, a few feet away from me looking and thinking I'll just throw a little pebble on it to see you know, get it out into the open so I can it more clearly I just lobbed oh, disrespectfully a little pebble onto the snake <laughs> or near the snake flashed, the snake turned around and the next thing I experienced was my body was one meter back and I emitted this ape-like roar (laughs) the snake had turned and shot towards me and my body had instinctively seen you know, I'd seen that and my body reaction just just jumped back and it kind of let out this kind of bellow (laughs) at the snake I had no, no mental recognition or decision about that just the, the body the eye went straight, interpretation, a sign of snake danger, straight to the body, the body got the nimitta immediately, flash, and responded. <laughs> fear nimitta. Mm-hmm. Sign of fear. Yeah, the body does this a lot. Sexual attraction, flash. Yeah. So you don't have to really force it because that way you can actually almost sidetrack your body's natural somatic intelligence by putting mental pressure on it here the duty of the mind is not to put pressure on it the duty of the mind is to stay with it Listen up to it. Learn from it. Not to start telling it to do this or that. Listen up to it. Put aside what is degrading, unnecessary, trivial. Listen up. To the full flow. And what you... (laughs) Imagine everybody's in and out breathing is pretty much the same you know whether it's long or short it still does the same things in terms of its energy Do you notice the pausing pieces, that phase of it? That's extremely, I find it pretty significant because as you get more comfortable and settled in that open aspect And when the breathing's concluded, the movements concluded, it settles down. As you get happier, more contented, the settled quality gets longer and deeper, and your breathing, as a a respiration, quiets down, becomes less. You get a sense of you're still there. The energy's there, but it's now not. It's not moving around or very subtly moving and there's a quality of openness open stillness and stability that you can enjoy Mm. mind is quiet not waiting for the next thing to happen not trying to figure out if this is the right thing not going strange, obsessive Spinning out, settling down it feels something in your nose. This feels good. It's settling in. Now, of course, we're not going to be, you know, doing this all the time. But it's a very helpful, in my opinion, helpful way of experiencing things because it doesn't arrive through contriving it. It arrives through balance, poise. Listening up to what's natural, but turning it in a particular way to the skillful. Skillful, in terms, they're skillful because they're happy states. They're not just right, they're happy, pleasurable. And they're impersonal. They're not. Bound up with the fact the personality gets in the way of these of feeling these things because your personality is a set of psychologies and structures that the chitta creates in order to meet the social world. Right? It's got lots of strategies of how to handle this, that, this, that, get on with that, let go of that, change that, push this way, adjust that. It's a system. You try to apply that to meditation. It's like trying to ride an elephant, as if it's a taxi. Where's the gear shift? Where's the accelerator? It doesn't work on an elephant. (laughs) There's no indicators, there's no... (laughs) It doesn't work. It's the wrong system. Here you're riding an elephant, you just feel it. Steady into it. And the personality, all those structures and, and energies that our personality needs are unnecessary and actually an encumbrance. You start to release that with all its busyness and neediness and uncertainties and managing this that and the other. And that's a relief. So you know, this isn't like something that I especially have created and got for myself Wow, I've got a great meditator I am This is called wrong jhana The Buddha said you can also get the whole thing wrong You can absorb into unskillful states and you get a, it's called a, uh, a misjhana and he talks about that too So all you absorb into that which is inclines towards Release Simplicity Non-proliferation Non-personification Notice what's absent when the skill any kind of skill notice what's been put aside the fearfulness, the anxiety, the obligation, the... you know, whatever what's been put aside, right? Skillful states associated with good will, I wish to. is a basis of metta, I wish to. Once we been put aside? I've got to. They want me to. I'm supposed to. He says, I have to. I wish to. Thank you for the tip. Thank you for the guidance. I wish to. That's the way we learn. Really, deeply, gladly, for our welfare. Mm. So you see, you know, you can. see these, you know, the signs when they give rise to gladness those which give rise to a negative, afflicted state and you can you could play either of them <laughs> say no, I think I'll move towards the wait a minute it's a little bit not quite what I want but ok, yeah, it's for the welfare of but yeah, I'll, do it, I'll wish to do that because it's for something bigger than my personality, which is not really going to get me where I want to go anyway. Hmm? So this maturation process is learned, the benefits of it are, are trunk in, the health, the vitality, the happiness is increased. Yeah. When it's settled. And of course the mind as it unifies its reflective awareness becomes unified into a bright seeing from scattered glimpses bright seeing because the lake of the jitta is no longer shimmering and with cross currents therefore the reflection is unified seeing clearly how things are unable to know itself and really is worthy of rejoicing. So let's take some time for dharmic practice.